0: Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love and through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. I am sitting in a kitchen, and it's not my kitchen. I've been kidnapped by the makers of the podcast called The Other F Word, which... You guys are being so silent and and staring at me that I I freaked out that I had said something
1: wrong. I failed right at the beginning. That's how we like to roll.
0: (laughs) So I'm sitting here with, who just spoke, Melissa Broner Schneider.
2: That's right. I said that correctly. Yes.
0: And Sarah Singer Schiff.
2: We like to have complicated names just to test you. (laughs) Just to test you.
0: This is a test. This is only a test. And... Thank you, God, Morgan Simpson, for having an easy name. Well,
3: men are more simple beings, so
2: you know, it's just true. the way it goes. I'm <laughs> surprised you didn't take that too well. That's the way I roll. That's me. That's Morgan. That's the way I roll. <laughs> <laughs> I just.
0: down the line he will he will tell us how cool he is um (laughs) but in the meantime so i'm sitting here because my sweet new amazing new friend um susan siegel of susan and doug siegel who i interviewed for my podcast love them yes and she was like oh my god you have to meet you have to meet them and i was so excited and i started listening to your podcast and i'm now Addicted to your podcast because their podcast is, as we just said, called the other F word, and that other F word stands for
1: failure. Failure.
0: <laughs> and I want to talk to you guys. Okay, so I'm gonna. I want to. I want you to tell us the origin story of how you came to to be. But the whole. Thing I'm so excited to talk to you about is taking care of our hearts in the midst of failure. And you've talked to so many people who have been taking care of their hearts in the midst of what they consider the worst failure of their lives. And when you listen to the podcast, you just go, oh, that, you know, there but for the grace of God, go I, or yeah, that same thing happened to me, or... Not as bad happened to me or much worse happened to me or whatever. Thank you for coming and talking because we haven't had an entire podcast at Superhero of Love just on this topic. So I'm totally excited about it. And the other thing that we haven't talked a lot about is parenting, which is part of your origin story. So tell us about your
1: origin story, the birth of the other F Forward podcast. The birth. The birth of us. Well, we all, there are four of us. Three of us are here, and then Bipasha is our producer, who's behind the scenes. She's so behind that she's not here. Um, <laughs> we keep her We keep her in a little closet. A little and box. <laughs> and we are all parents, and we all know each other through Sarah. And so Sarah brought us all together, just to make this story short and sweet, brought us all together because we all had a similar mindset about talking more frankly, um, about life and about struggles and, and about failure. Um, and we all were tired of the kind of, um, shiny, happy portrayals on Facebook and Instagram that everybody, um, shows about how easy and perfect life is, whether it's parenting or work or money or health. And, um, it's depressing, and disconnecting and we wanted <laughs> to be more honest and authentic and and real and connect people and failure does that and we've spoken to over 120 wow um, sets of people and so failure's a thing out there failure is <laughs> failure's <laughs> a thing
3: I was going to say too I think you know it's and it's not that like think those posting those pictures are are bad I mean we all do them and um, I'm not a huge poster, actually. Melissa does a lot of them, but it's not that it's bad. It's just there's a there's not there's a fuller story there, mm-hmm. you know. So to know that that is just the, the highlight reel and not the real thing, but I think a lot of people just start, you know, everybody's in Hawaii, you know. Yeah. Melissa's in Hawaii again. You know that kind of thing.
1: Right,
0: and it's a always, wish. everything's a, it's a constant vacation or it's constant beauty.
1: Yeah, oh. Well, it makes you feel like you're the only one struggling, then you feel ashamed, then you want to isolate, and then you feel worse about yourself, and yet failure, what we know, is that you, it's it's actually the way you learn and grow, and you don't have to do it alone. And so we, we just love talking about it because it's so inspiring.
0: It is so inspiring. Um, Can I ask you, uh, because I'm not a parent so I don't know um, I'm a dog parent but dog parents don't parent um, so do you, is that is that the case among parents that you kind of hide the ugly stuff or
2: oh my gosh really? yes okay. I mean ridiculously so. It's, it literally starts with pregnancy no joke women comparing their pregnancies and oh I you know um, I poop just, every day yeah like whatever it is you know <laughs> I only exactly how much weight you gained or exactly I feel great.
0: Yes. No, I've just heard that constipation is a constipation. thing. <laughs> constipation, constipation. Oh,
3: about you
0: love talking about poop, poop. yeah? Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right, like. you're a man. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: don't know, I love talking about. it I'm not afraid to talk about it. Right. Oh,
2: come on, Morgan, admit it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> admit it.
3: Just a sidebar. Is I, this a poop sidebar? No, by it's the way? not. Not a no, poop. Okay. No, <laughs> but it's so funny. You said dogs, but first thing was uh, our dog snuck out the other day. And like a neighbor brought him back, and I felt shame, oh so yeah. you can feel scary. yeah, wow. it was like, oh God, oh you god. know <laughs> oh <laughs> god.
0: I feel shame. my dog just scooted on the floor, you know how they scoot every once in a while, and I felt shame that he she had scooted
3: well, you should I think Jesus. that's the right
0: I mean like wow <laughs> i can't thank but, god i didn't have, but human children well. Jesus. <laughs> just
2: like yeah it raises it to a whole new level because there is so much failure and so much comparison and so much pressure to be perfect to a point that is crazy making i mean by the way cut to where we are this week with this whole college scandal literally that to me is the pinnacle of really of, of this drive for perfection that people feel. I mean, yeah, there's a whole interrupt. other
0: level. let's interrupt and say what the hell that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, what cause the fuck. Because it's, so, it's in our brains so prevalently. So Can I say fuck, by the, the way? Yeah, um, I, we say it all the time. Okay, good. Yeah, superheroes of love speak powerfully whatever words are needed. Okay, um, good. Okay, <laughs> so so this week, um, oh, do you say it in your words, as a parent's words. You tell us what happened in the news this week. Explain to the listener.
2: Oh, okay. Um, so I'll try my best. Um, so parents were caught, uh, in a whole, uh, fraudulent scandal that, uh, where whereby parents were cheating, using a um, what are they called? Uh, a college. SAT prep. No, using oh. a college. She was a um somebody who consultant. works consultant. Thank you. That's the word, consultant, um, to help them get into college, but but doing it the the side door as they called it that he cheated he was he was bribing coaches he was bribing officials um they were getting you know students to sit in on the sats and pretend that they were the you know kids who of these clients of the parents um and they got caught they got caught out because they were trying to get their kids into these elite schools and these kids were not necessarily you know i mean they weren't necessarily like stanford kids but they weren't dumb kids i mean i'm sure they could have gotten into any any kids can get into any school, pretty much. You know, there are schools for every kid, and these parents, for for these parents, it wasn't enough, and they clearly, you know, were driven to take the illegal route and bribe and and scam and commit fraud to get their kids into the colleges that they felt were acceptable. Is that an okay? Yeah, no.
0: Th- yeah, I just wanted to bring them up to speed. So tell tell me how that. So first of all, do you know Are you one degree of separation from any of those people? You are.
2: We were having a discussion amongst ourselves about um, the failure and all this, and um, and you know it is really gross and disgusting what these people did, and at the same time, given that we talk about failure all the time, we 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 were saying to each other that it's really tragic that there is so much pressure, that there's so much, yeah. um, that there's such a drive and need for perfection and, and to kind of keep up this image of perfection that parents were willing to go to this point. So,
0: Can I ask about helicopter? Because it's like the helicopter crash, right? The helicopter parents' helicopter crashed. <laughs> but um, do you d- – let's talk about helicopter parents because that it does feel like that is driven by please let us not fail. And I, I was thinking the exact same thing that you were thinking. I, I was thinking this is actually – it's a tragedy, but it's also like so lucky for these kids to learn this really yeah. – huge lessons right. so early. Right. I wanted to ask you about helicopter parenting and um, did, is this like a helicopter crash? Kind of uh, that's a great
1: metaphor, you know, because I think um, I know when I see kids and teenagers in my practice, they even if adults around them give them permission to not be perfect, um, if their parents are putting the pressure on them They don't really have permission. And so it has to start from above. And yet parents have to be really willing to self-reflect. And that's scary sometimes to kind of stop and say, what's going on here for me? Why do I why why am I moving so quickly to to um, fix everything for my kid or make sure they don't fail or make sure they don't suffer Mm -hmm. Um, And we talk about this all the time. One of the hardest parts of parenting is to tolerate our children's discomfort and pain and failure. Right. Tiny little things like don't run their homework to school. Let them suffer the consequences so that tomorrow they will be more motivated to remember their homework. Right. Like let them learn. But so many parents are uncomfortable with that. And we understand we're all uncomfortable when our kids you know are struggling and yet what we're realizing is that that's where the real 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 true growth is and yet and i and i think it's interesting that these parents that were caught are all very privileged right mm-hmm. and that some of their kids knew about the scandal and the lying and the cheating and some of the kids didn't right and so there's this whole betrayal for some of the kids who Some of the kids really didn't know. Some of the kids really didn't know. Wow.
3: You know, and and I want to throw something out there, and I throw this just as a reflection and a question to your listeners because I don't know the answer to this. I'm just curious um, because it may be the same in New York, but I know in California, like I'm from the southeast, um, and there's some state schools that are harder to get into, but like if you go to – like if you're – like I was born in Alabama. If you go to Alabama – um, you, you can get into Alabama and you can get a job anywhere in Alabama. Like it's a huge degree. Like, cause people are familiar. Same with George. Like my brother went to the university of Georgia. You go to Atlanta and you have a university of Georgia degree in California. This is not to excuse anything. You, it's, it's almost impossible to get into state yeah. schools. Yeah. Like you can't yeah, just yeah. like, there's nowhere to go. Like it's a, it's a weird thing here for me. Like adjusting to that. Like my wife went to UCLA. My boys love UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like some people have to start like, in yeah, like colleges. Th- That's a new yeah, thing since yeah. I went to college for sure. Yeah, so it is an interesting thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse any; it's it's not excusable, but it is like there there is a, a an interesting thing that I've just noticed in California that it's not like other places I've lived. It's very tricky. I want to,
1: I just want to add to that. I think it you're absolutely right that um, the climate has changed, and now the kids that are actually, you know, four point six GPA that are killing themselves every day are still not getting into their top schools UCLA is one right uh, the state schools it it's it's crazy in California so it's this really bizarre environment where i think parents probably feel so desperate that they have to do something out of the ordinary because it you feel so out of control and we are, we are we do feel out of control as parents we can't change who our kids are we can only help you know, bring out who they are. But I think some of this is parents having trouble accepting the reality of who their kids are, mm-hmm. that, that they might be a kid who doesn't like school. They might be a kid who doesn't want to go to school. They might be a kid who wants to go to junior college for two years and then transfer. Um, they might be a kid who wants to take a few years. And that, as a parent, you have to reconcile that v- vision, right? you know, and I think some parents just aren't able to do that so easily without help.
0: As a, Can I ask you a follow-up question as a therapist? Because you're working with, so this is Melissa talking, and she's a marriage and family therapist. Right. And so how, how do you help the parents look at themselves to get to the bottom of why they are, because some, some parents are way more attached to, to you yeah. know, like it's an, ex- an a full extension, a mini me of them. So right. how do you what do you what do you do? To that's help a great them? question.
1: For me, that's I think the bulk of my work with kids is that I'm working with the parents because, um, that's where a lot of this stuff is coming from. And I think for me, I have to create a place of non judgment and and no shame, so a safe place to really look at what's going on mm-hmm. as a, for a parent. I I'm also a parent, so I come to the relationship as um someone who really knows what it's like to struggle in the same way that we're all struggling with this and you like know all humans we we're all, want all control, humans right right
0: we want control right. of the outcome of right. that thing over there
1: that's right <laughs> and we're and and we have so much anxiety as a culture about um i think as we talk about perfection so, helping parents look at that, and and again, helping parents look at their own childhoods and where yeah. this came from. Where did this pressure for them come from? And and gain some self awareness, and then also, what are they catastrophizing? Like, really, what what's their fear? And yeah. what's let's look at what all the fears are. And once you face it, it it might not be so bad. So, but it's a process. Parents have to be willing to look at themselves, and I, usually, they they see their relationship with their children change and ease up and, and mm. can enjoy the moment so much better. That, And I always say to kids in my practice, I, I went to seven different colleges. I didn't feel good about yeah. it but nobody cares where I went. I love what I do for a living but it, it really doesn't matter where I went. It's the journey. The it's the journey, right? To get
0: there, yeah. Yeah,
1: and yet there's so much pressure on our kids to, to go
0: from straight, a straight
1: right, line right. from one point to the next. And not fail. Yeah.
2: Not fail. One more thing if I can add although Melissa said that Beautifully is that we also often on our podcast we we try to encourage conversations um, that look at this type of stuff and um, whether it be about parenting or relationships or anything really anything in life and in addition to looking at yourself it's also we talk a lot about trying to understand how you're wired and and how what your inclination is what type of personality are you what are you inclined to do do you go to that place of anxiety? Do you shut off? You know, mm-hmm. um, and do you freak out. Do you do you isolate? Do you you know what do, what do you do and. F- figuring out how you function and what your tendencies are and accepting them and not feeling shame about them because i think that's a huge factor is that we often think oh i you know we've always been told something you're overly sensitive or you know oh you're you're such a um, you're so high strung or whatever it is right. and you 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 know dismiss you just
0: recently had somebody on right who was told they were too big they were too too big exactly too much, jessica that's much. right yeah. jessica Winther, that's right she was, was always told she was too much with exactly with a sick child and she had to stand up and be an advocate for that child and be a warrior. Totally. And it's like, well, that too much and too big came in pretty, pretty handy. Totally, yeah. right? <laughs> totally. Yeah.
2: It's so true. So yeah. it's it's understanding who we are and accepting it and embracing it because there are pros and cons to all of our qualities, right? And yeah. so Well said, Sarah.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think part of it too is, um, you know, the good part of it. I mean, because it is there, um, or I say the good place it comes out of is is you don't want people to feel pain on some level. You know, Mm. so there's, there's a part of it that is just like, look, we want to avoid our kids having pain, but, um, that's not possible one. And it's the way they kind of build up resilience and the way to function in the world, but it's tricky. You know, that's what, that's one thing I've learned about the failure is it's, it's tricky. It's an ongoing process. It's not something. So if you're the person who just like says like, Hey, I want to solve this failure issue. It's, it's not going to happen. You know, it's just like building muscles, getting better techniques and, uh, just kind of, uh. Like Sarah was saying, like learning how you're wired, learning how you handle things, being able to ask yourself certain questions to kind of help yourself get through it. But it's, it's a process, you know, and it's, it's a, uh, there's no getting around kind of the discomfort of it.
0: Yeah. I love that about your podcast too, because failure is always a green topic, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> but there's, and every episode that you listen to, it's like, oh, this is and every single one, even if you have nothing, like I'm not a parent, I don't have a sick child and blah, blah, blah. But it's yeah. like, I, that, okay. that. Um, gave me some, every single episode gives you so much. I, in my book I deal with a lot of shadow work like um, I, it's a thread throughout my book and, um, and I love that you guys are always, you always take a deeper dive in every single one of your interviews. It's like, so what's underneath that? What was triggering you? Mm-hmm. What from your past, mm-hmm. was there something from your past that, um, that has, there's an old wound that needed to be uncovered?
3: Yeah, yeah, cuz we're all um, you know, we say a lot on this. We're all we're all coping with things and you know, in some way in more healthier ways or bad ways. And that's one thing I like about looking at failure even though it can be painful, it actually can also be taking a big weight off your back, you know, that yeah. cuz there is no perfection. It's just a it's just a shield you're wearing that's really heavy, you know. So being able to take that off and look at it even though it's it, it can be tough work, it still can be a, a great relief in ways. Yeah
1: and I was thinking Morgan um, along that lines that our job as parents is to model for our kids that we fail so I think that can be really hard because maybe we want to show our kids we don't and so they don't have to and that's that's a we're doing a disservice to them they they love to hear stories about how we fuck up and they love to actually see it if we can own it right so that's that's one of the best things we've learned is talk to your kids and say, you know what, I made a mistake today Mm -hmm. and I'm so sorry, or Mm -hmm. this is what I learned from it, or what would you have done differently, right? To have these dialogues And I know as parents, we have all experienced that with our kids that once we actually talk about this big F word, Mm -hmm. this other F word with them, Mm -hmm. it takes away the dread and it frees you up and it brings you closer. But so many parents don't really have like a a map for that because maybe it wasn't done for them. Right. We've learned a lot about that, that when we ask people like who taught you about failure? Did you have any role models? And often it wasn't parents Teaching kids right. about it, and so we're trying to change that. We're trying to go to schools now and talk to parents oh, about tolerating that. failure, valuing failure, celebrating it even. Um, but it's it's it is it is new for a lot of people. And I think as parents, what we forget is the need to slow down, right? Because and I again, I'm thinking about these parents and the scandal that there's this need to just keep going and push and push and push. And when we slow down and we think. And we speak and we have those little tiny moments that, but I, I, I try to do that as a parent too, is like slow down and enjoy this moment and articulate it because it is so meaningful because we all want to hear that we're enough. Mm -hmm. We all want to hear that we're loved. We all want to hear that we're seen, even if we're imperfect, right? It's, but I think adults forget to slow down. Yeah.
0: That's a beautiful thing how often do you guys apologize do you find yourself apologizing to your kids a lot or saying hey mommy did that wrong or no morgan doesn't morgan (laughs) is perfect oh my god we should have said that up front what did
3: you what do you mean i don't understand what you're talking about (laughs) apologize i did gosh yesterday or the day before i did yeah yeah Yeah. well you should have um yeah so we do do it
0: And, sh- and should she also be ashamed right now? Of course, oh yeah of course she yeah, yeah, yeah. should <laughs> yes. that's the whole point of our podcast. Is I know more shame. I love how you talk about shame, and I love you always, Morgan. you always bring it bring the shame back in, and I love that because I feel like we can never ever ever hear that enough mm-hmm. that we don't need to be ashamed. I mean, even these people in the midst of this horrible, horrible thing don't need to be ashamed well, and that's right? a
3: that's a, that is something i I look at with this, and this is weird um. If you have hate emails, send them to Melissa, not me. Um, but I think even in this thing, you know, because I get a little—I we'll get only a little, give Melissa's yeah, email at the exactly. end. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I do. I, I mean, look what what was done was horrible, and there's going to be consequences that have to be paid for. It, but I think also there is—I get a little uncomfortable with just kind of the mob,
0: yeah,
3: mentality. Yeah. And I think within that, what just where everybody, for especially now, like it like happens so fast, and everyone's just on everybody and just judging. It's got to feel, like, uncomprehensible to them, you know, to to live through that. And I just think it's, like, for us, look, obviously we can say we don't like it. It's not something good we can do. But I think maybe a deeper thing, because it's not. What they did was wrong, and it's horrible, and there's going to be consequences. So I'm not trying to unvalidate any of that. Mm -hmm. But I also think, like, in those times, even though we might not do something this big – we're all doing that in some way with mm-hmm. our kids. So maybe look at that instead of just saying, I can't believe those people did it. Well, how am I doing that in a small way or a big way with my kids? Because like, that stuff's in us. Yep. The, the darkness is in us. Like you're saying, that's the shadow. The shadow right. you, so you it's can in point us. It so in
0: the other person, s- you got it. So in you.
3: yeah, as soon yep. as you do that, that's like your shadow coming up. So it's like that little humility just to be like, what can I learn from this? How am I doing this in ways? Yeah. Um, humility is a good thing. You know, that's yeah. not to say people get away with whatever, but I just think, um, you know, there's time for so us to, to self look and see what we're doing.
0: I love that exercise of label. Okay, what do you think that behavior is that Felicity Huffman did? What is that? Oh, she's. Well, let's come up with some words. Actually, like. Well,
2: I was. I mean, I, I sort of. Thought of it as a sense of entitlement, maybe there's okay. a also a disconnection. I imagine when you're a celebrity, there's a disconnection from reality. You've had people kowtowing to you your whole life and saying yes, and saying, well, right. if not your whole life, then you know a good chunk of it, right. people, um, you know, giving you whatever you want. So you kind of feel you don't have a sense of reality. You don't realize that actually not you can, can not. A, yeah, and yeah. and there are consequences. You are still human. Right. So I think there's a, a being out of touch with reality and, and it, probably a sense of entitlement. Like, well, I deserve.
0: And perfectionist. I mean, Mm -hmm. so like, so like, I get to look like that. I'm going to take that on for later today when I'm driving home. How am I entitled? There are definitely places where I'm entitled. How am I a perfectionist who my perfectionism really does have me railroad people? So it's kind of like a bully. It's like a, you know, bull in a china shop. And I get like that a lot. And like, there's ways that we can look at how am I that? thing that I am on flame about
1: pointing right right well and and that let's say Felicity Huffman maybe she's gonna learn from this you know maybe she will be able to model for her kids wow I really fucked up and Mm -hmm. this is why I I've I wasn't thinking it through or I'm I'm having trouble tolerating imperfection or whatever it is that it's so easy for us to judge, and yet the hope is that everybody's going to learn something from this. Obviously, as Morgan says, there, are, there have to be consequences, but we all have that um, human part of us. Nobody's perfect, and, and we all have those dark sides. And in who
0: it. knows what would have pushed us to that That's exact right. behavior. What? Like somebody that maybe some kid had cancer for two years in high school, and they think it's not just for them to not get because they deserve it. But because they had cancer for two years in high school, they didn't get the grades and the S C T scores. Right. So I'm going to do what I can to get what is justly my child. That's right. We don't know Whatever. if there's
1: trauma. We don't know everybody's own story. And so being curious about it, I, we, we joked, but we said if anybody wants to come on our podcast who has been through this, it would be so interesting. And we always say that, whether it's what's going on in the world, politics, all, all this dark behavior that's coming out, we're saying, like, let's talk about it. If you can own your shit and understand why you did it and feel remorseful, or as we talk about, take accountability Mm -hmm. and then learn from it. Don't get excited. Oh, my God. Morgan's undressing. Morgan's Morgan's undressing. (sighs) Wow. (sighs) I know. We wear
0: layers here. I'm breathing heavily because (laughs) Morgan is undressing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. The abs. Wow. (laughs) The abs. The (laughs) pecs.
0: Oh, dear God. I can't concentrate. What were we talking about?
1: I don't remember. There's no
0: failure in that chest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that body.
3: I mean, oh might God, be my might... new favorite person. Um, yeah, but I love this topic. I mean, I write a lot about this topic because I think there's a, uh, you know, there's just two sides to us. There's the the beautiful side of us that is full of worth that we have nothing to do with. That is just like what I would call our soul. And we're. We're worthy there, but we don't feel that. So yeah. that darkness comes out in us, yeah. you know, and, and, and we create f- this kind of false self, this kind of, uh, you yeah. know, this kind of shadow. The shadow's in us all. So I just think yeah. it's helpful to realize that because it's just like with failure. Um, if you don't look at it, it grows bigger. If you look at it, you can handle it, yeah. you know? So it's like just knowing, having yeah. some humility and, um, yeah.
0: I like that. that. That's a good word, humility. The other thing that I was thinking... And this is this is going to sound really superficial and judgmental, actually, but I'm going to say it anyway. When I saw Felicity Huffman's picture in the story, like I was, I think I was at the gym or I was some, I was at the airport, I think, and I saw it on the screen, but I wasn't, I didn't know what it was, and I w- my first thought was, "Oh wow, she's had a lot of plastic surgery." So that was my like. So I'm admitting something that I'm a little bit ashamed of, right? That I'm judgmental about plastic surgery, right? And and I thought. It's it's almost like we in Los Angeles we're all sitting in Los Angeles, FYI, and th- in Los Angeles, aging is so shameful. Like it's really, I, I am starting to become ashamed of this thing that's happening around here. I'm pointing to <laughs> pointing 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 to my chin, everybody. I'm about to, I'm about to turn fifty seven, and uh, oh. it's uh you know it's a it's a it's a situation you start aging when you sh- once you have 50. Anyway, so um <laughs> so but but i was thinking like the plastic surgery it's like no i can i can't have my face fail. I can't you know like yeah. my face is like walking out in the world failing in front you of you look everybody. great by the way uh, so yeah. don't even yeah, think yeah that, okay whatever but, but uh, anyway but <laughs> yeah, thing, no, you um, know what
1: i'm saying like you're a man what do you know no it's no, no, <laughs> no it no it's i i that's exactly it it's like showing that you're failing at aging because yes. you're supposed to age beautifully and and without wrinkles and everything's supposed to stay lifted and if not you're a failure yep. and it's in LA makes makes everything worse you know yeah. it's just a crazy warped
2: zone that we live in well and yet when you do get plastic surgery people talk about it in a judgmental way too so there's kind of no winning honestly and i don't think it's quite as bad for men as it is for women but i do think it
3: yeah. I was literally listening to a radio show the other day, and they were saying the number of men plastic surgery uh, is rising hugely.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. I think it is going up. Well, and I will speak from
1: experience. My father um, was 25 years older than my mom, so he was an older dad, and there was a lot of shame for him about that, and a lot of shame for my brother and I, because it was embarrassing, because we had the old dad. And um, he did not like aging we used to joke that he he was like Jack LaLanne for those who grew up in in the 70s, right? Who was just, my dad was a workout buff and he discovered plastic surgery and he got his, first his nose job and then he got um, his eyes lifted and then he got a facelift and then he got a hair uh, weave, not an implant, like fake hair woven into his real hair because he was balding. And um, we joked, he looked like a white Michael Jackson. And he didn't look like our father. Oh, wow. But he was so happy. Oh, He was yes. so happy. We were all kind of horrified and sad that he couldn't be happy <laughs> with himself. But he was so happy. And it was a fascinating That's journey. Cool. It was. It was. And so, you know, and and he passed away when he was 74 and we realized he died when he needed to because he would have hated aging. He really was hating aging, and it, it worked for him, and we all had to kind of understand that it worked. All of that worked for him. That's a beautiful yeah. point. Yeah. 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 It, but it, it makes it's, you
0: happy waking up and, yes. It did. And I don't it, look tired anymore. Like right. I've heard that comment. Right, because like my eyes are
1: not tired. capable of looking <laughs> tired. <laughs> nothing. Nothing on me moves, and... <laughs> But I will tell you, he said to me when I was 16 or 17, he said, Melissa, I made an appointment with you next Tuesday with my um, plastic surgeon to get your nose done. Wow. Because I had the same nose that he had had before he got Michael Jackson's. (laughs) And I was like, oh, cool, because I hated my nose. I was like, okay. yeah, that's nice of you. It's Michael Jackson. No, I'm joking. This is my nose. And I was really excited because if... I had the same nose, and he had all of a sudden had a cute nose, and I didn't like my nose because I was a self-conscious teenager Mm -hmm. who wanted to look like a perfect specimen of human beauty uh, robots. And I went to my mom, who's the polar opposite of my dad, who was more of a hippie, you know, nature lover, and she was like, over my dead body, over my dead body. You are not touching anything. And so uh, there I was caught between my mother and my father, but I listened to my mother, and I'm grateful, but... You know, again, there's your, the, a parent projecting their idea of perfection onto a child. And, and what do you do about that when you don't have the other sane parent going over d- my dead body, right? So, so your
0: dad may have, may have paid for your SAT scores to go up? If
1: for <laughs> sure, for sure. If he if he probably would it. have done a lot to keep um, everything looking a certain way. Although I think for him he valued learning the hard way. So mm. he didn't he didn't Just rescue appearance. us. Just appearance, Just appearance though. Appearance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could suffer <laughs> grades and work. He didn't rescue well, me in that area. But your nose better be a cute little Michael Jackson <laughs> nose. It's funny though what people value. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's every family's different. I love that
0: he was happy. That he totally was changed so the conversation in my brain. Happy. I'm very grateful for that. That's right? awesome, yeah. Right. Well,
2: can I add, too, that I had, when I was growing up, I had a Jewish girl's nose, and I was extremely self-conscious about it, and I had it, well, it's because this is not my original nose. I know, but I would never have known that.
0: Well, but, thank yeah, you. She I had a, a good plastic cat. surgeon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but honestly, that is another experience where, you know, I try to talk about it openly because I want to let people know that, you know what, that was an instance where it was literally transformative for me where I went from being so self-conscious I literally would not want to let people like I would stand in certain places so people wouldn't see my profile because I didn't want them to see the bump on my nose or how like kind of hook it was and I was so painfully self-conscious and you know in a in an ideal world I would have I would have accepted myself but realistically I'm not I don't know I I'm I don't regret it for a second and I've told my kids not that I want to encourage it but you know cuz i it is a mixed thing as a parent you know getting back to that like i don't want to be saying to my kids hey you got a problem again hey, let's spend lots of money and go under the knife hey you know that's a great solution cuz it's not but there are instances where i can say it's not a, it wasn't a bad thing and i got really lucky cuz it all went smoothly it was a smooth procedure i never had any complications but you know, coming back to the judgment thing, I think it's so easy to just paint these things in black and white. And by the way, here's the irony. I look at people too, and I still am inclined to judge. So I love what you said where it's so important about about looking back at yourself and saying, okay, where do I have some of that entitlement or that some of that judgment or some of that whatever it is, fill in the blank, that I'm projecting onto somebody else.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: and, and um,
1: on that note, I think the hardest part is to know when do you say yes to your kid and when do you say no? Right? So when do you say yes? You this, you know, procedure is really important to you or you know what? I we're, we're not going to jump in and fix your body just cuz you're feeling insecure today. I think that's the nuance of parenting and that's probably the hardest part and that's the part where you have to have ongoing conversations yeah. where you have to tolerate knowing some of the darker parts of your kids, right? And your kids have to tolerate knowing some of the darker parts of you and then together come to these big decisions about what's really right. And there's no right answer. Right. So so for Sarah, she might say to her teenage daughter, no, I'm not going to get you a nose job because on some level, you know, that that that's not really what's what she's struggling with, that Mm -hmm. she's struggling on a whole other level Mm and that fixing her nose isn't going to fix what she's struggling with. Right. But for other for another child of yours, it might really make the difference. And that I think is the hardest part mm-hmm. that we don't often take the time to explore yeah. what's it's, really going on. It's not on. just
0: one conversation, it's no. not just one decision. No. It's a series of conversations and we're gonna turn over a bunch of stones before yes. we get to that point. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. beautiful.
1: It takes That's great any like any relationship, it takes just a whole shit ton of work. Yeah. Whether it's love, whether it's parenting, whether it's friendship, right? It's ourselves, right? It Relationship with ourselves. It all takes slowing down and looking at some of these deeper, darker parts.
0: You know, h- h- not having children, um, I feel like my growth as a human is actually a little stunted because you guys get these mirrors, you know. Relationships, in- intimate relationships obviously give you that too, but nothing like a child, Like, I'll never have that. This is the mirror of your dark side. Enjoy
1: it. (laughs)
2: Enjoy it, seriously. Enjoy it. there there may be some truth to that. And yet, I also think that there are so many opportunities in all the relationships we have because I know exactly what you mean. There is, because they are, people really feel like children are a reflection of themselves. Yeah. Um,